This is the Minivan Dad Soccer Pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this! The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. Here we go again. It's the minivan dad soccer pod, the uh, Chicago post game post game show. I guess um, we're a few hours later, thinking it would calm me down a little bit, but after doing everything we chatted in the pre-show, eh, not so much. I'm here tonight. This is TJ. I'm here tonight again with senior editor of Hot Time in Old Town, Pat. This one hurt. Yeah. This one hurt. Decision day. I mean, the decision was wrong. It. <laughs> It isn't all that surprising, though. Like It just seems like all year, whatever the fire need to do, they don't do, they do, they do just a little bit less than what they need to do. And tonight, the attack, which had trouble, you know, finishing chances all year, maybe besides Barrich, was good. They had three goals in the first half. And the defense had four errors uh-huh. instead of the usual two or so. And the fire lose 4-3 and miss out on the playoffs. When you have Nashville, you have Inter-Miami in as expansion teams. As I've said all year, the fire feel like an expansion team. We should give them a little more time, a little more patience. But honestly, in a 10-team in a uh, playoff scenario in the Eastern Conference. If you can't get in, if you can't again do what you need to do in the last game of it, just like in, in MLS's back against Vancouver, if you can't do the things you need to do when you need to do them, you don't deserve to be in. And while there were a lot of positives this season, I don't think you can mark it down as any kind of success. And it, it's funny, it's no, it. it for a team that's an expansion, for a, like you said, essentially an expansion team, you would think you, you'd be like, eh, maybe, maybe not. But the fact that both of the actual expansion teams in Inter Miami and Nashville, it, it, yeah, the season, I don't think you can find the season a success in any way because in MLS is drunk, you didn't make it out of the play. I get it, a last minute switch to the other conference, but you didn't make it out of the opening round, and then. You need four points in the final two games. Both games were there for the taking, and he got one. Kind of the season. Today, to me, felt like it was the entire season, like all all the, the bad that seemed to come up periodically made sure it came up today. The good when it was there, when the good when it did came up, you saw that today. It, It was just like it was everything that was wrong and right in the seat happened all all in 90 minutes with a few exceptions and i want to touch well do we well how do we want to start do we want to go into goals for do we want to walk through the goals first and then go into the overview and does that seem like a good way to start here sure okay so the opening goal today came on a, on a corner a set piece which surprisingly here and there they're bad but again this was um 15th minute Alexander Callens beats Borsecki to a header, one nothing, one nothing. And now at this I, point, 
at this point, you're now chasing the game, so... I don't know if Boris is a good enough defender for this team. And I, I, I've... That, that maybe the, the team is interested in finding a new right back. Um, but yeah, it, I, Boris either gets beaten or doesn't get back far too often in my view. And, and it's, it's, and we're going to come back to Boris again. I, I, I do, I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. Um, but he, he was absolutely beaten. And this was, this seemed to be a problem all season is you have these two outside backs early on, especially when you had Navarro and Boris, which were, if you're talking outside midfielders, they're fine, but they couldn't defend. And this and getting beaten to a header as a professional to me isn't acceptable. And he gets beaten. They're down one nothing. And like I said, because they needed a win to make it through. Now you're chasing the game. I feel and right or wrong, that's the response. And that's how in the game from that point. Opened up, just became wide open. And at that point, anything goes and it became crazy. And you'd think, yeah, it was starting about minute 32 or so. It was nuts. Sure. And at minute 32, well, because in the 33rd minute, Barrich brought him level. 1 1. Hey, game on. Um, wasn't it? That was a header, right? Came to him, he headed it right in. No. No. The, they, the NYCFC went up 2 0. And then. Uh, Barrett scored immediately after that to make it two one. Wrong. So oh, yeah, oh, the yeah, second yeah, right. goal the, the was the Gary Sorry. Stephen goal, the yeah. one where he took the touch around Shuttleworth and and uh, did, hit it in from the they, tough angle. It was in, and that was a. Th- it seemed like NYCFC had done their homework. They realized you could play over the top and you were gonna and you could split the backs very easily. It happened more than once. In this case, sorry, you're right because M- um, MLS's highlights has. Barrich's goal and then Makai Stevens's goal flipped in order, but the, the minutes are right. In the 32nd, it was Makai Stevens comes over the top and usually be Calvo and Pineda being split, but this time it was Seculate and Pineda being split. Ball goes right through the middle and Makai Stevens dribbles around Shuttleworth. Pineda tries to get back in. You, you said it's a really impossible angle. It's not that hard. That's, that's an angle that can be done. You you think about how many. I times mean, it, it's. Before. I'm not saying it's an impossible angle. I think I wrote something near impossible angle in the game story, something like that. It's a tough angle, but with no keeper in there, yeah, you can you can swing it in and. and well, score I, there, I was so. gonna say, think about the number of times, and I get it. We're talking like you know, Messi, whatever, where they're five six yards behind the goal and they can bend it around. A good yeah. player can do it. Makai Stevens is a good player, and he he did exactly that. I think if you go back and watch the footage, though, again, we, we bashed on Boris on the first goal. I'm going to bash Boris again on the second goal. He made zero effort after that ball got split through to get back and help. Pineda got back. He, he when he went around Shuttleworth, Pineda got in the way. He got, I get it. It went past and went in. Boris never got in the play. It's like he didn't, I don't know if he didn't care or was pouting. I'm not sure. But go back if you go back and watch it, Boris gets beat. It just makes no effort after they get split. This again, is not the first time we've seen this this season. Like I, I, I know that there's some people that are high on him, especially because he has two goals. I, 
I don't get I, I could see that why they maybe liked him. I could see that he looks like a guy you would want to have play that position, but I don't think maximum effort has been there all year. I, I don't. And if it was, maybe he's just not good enough. It's possible. And again, this is, a, he's, and I would sit there. If he was 20, 21, 22. Okay. Got it. Right. He's 29 years old. Right, it's it's sort he of like how better. we're willing to look past Pineda's mistakes because everybody can see the potential there because of his young age and the things he is able to do, right? But when you're when you're 28 or 29, no, what's I mean, you are what you are. Go sign I, another guy. Right, and you you can find a 29 year old that can do the same thing. I mean, again, and we're going to come back to Navarro, but Navarro's 21. If Navarro does that, okay, he's 21. If he had that kind of potential, but. Again, at 29, you expect better and to see that level. So, okay, and you, I forgot. You, and you have me corrected on this. I, it was kind of a whirlwind afternoon for me. But um, right after they go down 2 nothing, fire come right back. And yeah. Barrage, Talk Barrage about bad marking. Robert Barrage was alone in the six-yard box. when And Georgie gets the ball, looks, and goes, yeah, I can cross it to his head right now. It, yeah. it was like – it, that play happened kind of right in front of the press box, and it it was it looked like it was almost slow motion in his decision making. He's like, "Oh, okay, boom, goal!" Like it was it was um, great recognition by Georgie, who who played well today, I thought. Um, and it was Barrich's twelfth goal of the year, which puts him second place, I believe. He finished in the league Correct. in goals, which is uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I don't think you can say that. Consider, that you know, he, considering and considering how bad he was for a spell in the middle of the year, it yeah, wasn't. I, I don't even and, know that during that stretch. I remember watching him, thinking he does a lot of things well. He's just not finishing, and which is obviously you know pretty key for a striker. But um, but I remember thinking, I don't think he's bad. I remember thinking that during that time and, and defending him. Probably on this show. I don't know. I you did, did. It, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, I, I remember thinking he was. He had some quality to him. His teammates were saying it, and I, I I'm, he, I'm glad a, he was able to turn it around. He he has been one of the best players in the league since the beginning of September. So, sure. and if I recall correctly, we we kept saying it's like he looks lost. It looked like he didn't the pockets he was looking to find. He wasn't finding him, and at that point, that's when Herbers was finding him, and that's why. Yeah, and, it but, was still working. Consider this: there's no combo in the league that has, you know, has combined more for an assist to a goal than Mihalovic and and Baric. And I think they that was five today that they sure. have. Um, I'm, and, not, like, I'm not surprised. Georgie being injected in the lineup really helped Robert Baric because it was around the same time that that whatever issues that they had uh, Georgie and Wiki got worked out. I, I we're still totally unclear about that because the fire have not made Georgie available since then. So, and it's because of COVID we take who they give us and that's, that's sure. what we get. So now um, still don't know a hundred percent what happened there. Um, but Georgie has been pretty solid. A lot of assists, a lot of spark in the lineup since mm-hmm. he was able to come back and, um, it seemed to help Barrich and, and Barrich, I think in for a team that, you know, had five wins all year and, and not a very good year. I think Barrich was good. 
Sure. And, and to go to touch on that, sometimes that's what it takes. It takes somebody who, especially in, in like, you need the right combination sometimes. And what I mean is, um, like, Mahalovich knows where that run should be and can put the ball where it should be, where not everybody does. And so that's where yeah. Mahalovich may have stepped in, been more of a positive influence versus maybe Herbers or Aliceta. And Aliceta just being youth is doesn't know where that run should be and doesn't place that ball where it should be where Mahalovich was able to do so. So, okay. You know what's interesting, too, is I guess I could see what they saw in Aliceta at times – He's only like a year younger than Georgie, and Georgie's better. Correct. And well, yeah, there was, especially during what at the end of MLS is drunk and the first few games back, you saw what they saw with Aliceta. You saw there was a flair to him that was fun to watch. And then something happened. I don't know if he hit yeah, the wall. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. It was gone. You'd see it, in, and you'd see it in once, once or twice a game. You'd see it, but early on, you saw something like a, there was, like I said, a flair, a confidence. He would take people on. He would know. He would make these incredible passes. And then something, like I said, I don't know if he just pretty hit the ball. He's he's not good enough to be a designated player. Um, and one of my sources told me that that. Um, they, this theory that a lot of us have that they're going to buy him down and and bring in another designated player might not they might not be able to do that. Um, hopefully they are, but because I, I just think that the like I mentioned the name Jack Wilshire um, to you off air. I you think did? that's the type of person that they need to go try to sign. It's like I, like somebody of a certain level of, of like, with superstar qualities with, with, you know, that they can sell tickets around that, that can really create in the final third. Um, okay. Especially if Georgie really wants to go, I, I don't know if he, if he wants to go uh, play in Europe, but I do know he was the last player off the field today. He just Correct. spent a lot of time kind of lingering, you know, on the field after it was over. So, um, it uh, it it had a feeling to me that, that sure. maybe he felt like this maybe this is it for him. So well, let's, um, we'll come back we'll come back to that. Let's let's yeah. let's get let's get through the rest of the game and then we'll kind of get on into some of the post game and some of the some of that stuff and then we'll kind of line up if we're where we're going from here. But okay, so they get back to two one. Less than five minutes later, um, Jesus Medina standing all alone at the top of the area. And we looked at this one before we recorded. If you look at where he, when he gets to that area between the t- the penalty arc and the top of the penalty area, there is six or seven seconds he is standing there by himself. I don't know what kind of defending you're doing. You leave somebody of any quality standing at the top of the penalty area all by himself. There is nothing but bad going to happen. And he did exactly that. They get it. They lay it off to him. He rips it to the into the goal three to one. Now you're in a lot of, you're in deep shit. And I, it, it, it's, I, we, I've looked at it. I don't blame the, the defenders in the penalty area. They, there, there was definitely some traffic in the penalty area that the defenders, the back four had to contend with. 
in looking at it, where, where I was disappointed was, and I think it was Frankowski and Mahalovich made no effort to track back. You see somebody standing at the top of the area, wouldn't you think that guy's in a dangerous situation and somebody might want to mark him? That yeah. goal, and, and I remember watching it in real time going, there's no one near him. And it, you saw it slowly work into the middle, and, and you're like, they're going to lay it off to him, and he's going to, yep, and there you go. It's 3-1. to one. So, now at this point, you're going, okay. And I think my, my 8-year-old turns to me and goes, Dad, the season's over. They're done. I didn't disagree with him at that point. However, Frankie decided he did disagree with that. Two goals in two minutes. And... Was the first one the one where Mahalovic took it to the end line and played it to a wide open Frankie? Is that was that that one? Or was that the second one? I'm sorry, say that again. Well, the first goal was that the one where Mahalovic took it down to the end line and just kind of, oh, Frankie's in the middle. Okay, here you go. And and he I, I, the two Frankie goals, I can't remember which order they came in. Honestly, it was it was minute 42 and minute 43. Correct. Um, it, it's. They were it was it was such rapid fire at that point. I don't remember honestly. How how was it? I mean, I, I get it, it's just the prex box, but how much did that change like the first one you're like, all right, whatever. But two you're like at home you're going, Whoa, this is just insane. And three three into the locker room. Probably one of the one of the more exciting, not necessarily for quality. Don't ever mistake quality for excitement, but one of the more exciting halves of soccer I've ever seen. Because it was wide open, end to end, chances galore. So maybe and, and maybe to have that, you'd need to have that lack of quality to have that wide open and just fun. The lack of defending and. You know, and I, I think it was Frankie's third goal, the second, the th- fire's third goal, Frankie's second, was where New York City, NYCFC decided to make a dumpster fire in front of the goal, and he just said, okay, I'll, I'll put it away. I think that was, I think that's yeah. the order, but yeah. Yeah. It's, Bad um, turnover. I, I, by the way, I might seem a little distracted. Uh, go check out my Twitter. Um, with, there's, we. I feel like we've got a, uh, how shall I put this? Um, Alex Campbell started tweeting the press conference as he usually does. And for the second time this season, a brand new Twitter account, different account this time with the exact same writing style in Spanish started blasting every player on the fire um not every player there's a few players that this person didn't blast alvaro madron for one gaston jimenez barich uh bornstein and and, shuttleworth yeah now everybody else just gets absolutely lit up for either lack of quality especially the defenders um lack of quality and it's very specific stuff and this is pure speculation but it sure seems like a burner account and we talked about it, it's we a talked person about who a little knows 
it's a person who knows without following us which ones of us are, are tweeting the, the news conference who immediately, because it happened to me when I was tweeting a news conference one time, Alex did it, did it today, but um, it's a person who knows, uh, watches for what Wiki's saying, and then immediately starts slamming specific fire players. This, this account has liked only one thing. The only thing that this account has liked is a highlight video of Alvaro Madron. draw whatever conclusions well and, that, and that's exactly what alex said or i think you both said draw your own conclusions on this one so if you haven't looked at it yeah definitely check out alex campbell and definitely check out pat's feed i mean if you're a fire fan you should be following both of them anyway if you're not then i really wonder you know then i don't know how diehard of a fire fan you are because these are two of the top between the two of them, you, you can throw Sanlo in there. I mean, just these are the guys that cover the game. And that, Jeremy, you got to throw. Jeremy. And Jeremy, I forgot about Jeremy. Sorry, I apologize, Jeremy. But yeah, the, between the four of them, they they are all over every game. They have great insight. They have great analysis. They have interviews. They, if there's something with the fire, they've got it. Between the four of them, and it seems like it's Alex and Pat tonight. So definitely, if you're re, if you're listening to this tomorrow, if you haven't seen it on their Twitter feeds, go check it out. All right. Do we want to talk about the last goal? Yes. I feel we have to. So Um, you and I both coach youth soccer. Correct. A thing that I know you've probably talked about. I know that I've talked about is passing the ball across your own penalty area. Now we are going to disagree on this eventually, but go ahead and we will talk through this. One, um, so the way this goal sets up is Calvo plays a fairly shitty ball to Navarro, who I'm not convinced was looking for a pass at all. Considering the fact that two NYCFC players are collapsing on him, I guarantee he wasn't looking for it. The way he hits it, kind of one touch the only thing and you you watch this and the only thing you can think is maybe he's trying to play a ball to madron but it's so far off of madron's feet that it just kind of skitters across the penalty area and uh nycfc forward was able to just okay so i i I just i've been looking at as you've been talking here it was so calvo's pass comes out he has a bat, a poor trap on it, and then his next touch is across. His second touch is the one that goes across the, across the front of the goal. Castellanos, Castellanos, yeah, is standing all alone, and he beats Shuttleworth. It, it and uh, and that's and Secular Secular couldn't recover. And I'm not blaming blame Boris. As much as we bagged on Boris, this is one I can't blame him for. You're not expecting this. This is he's out into play. So let's start. Let's start with the first thing. Calvo's ball is absolute horseshit. I'm sorry. Again, as much as I've been defending Calvo of late because he, I felt like he took a step up. This was not one of them. If that pass is not there, you go long like you have countless times. This forcing it to play out of the back. I get why everybody does it. I really do. It's possession. The possession wasn't there. They had it trapped. 
get it the hell out of the back. Instead of playing it to Navarro, who I don't, like I said, he's got two players collapsing on him. There's no way he's expecting that. And that said, if you watch the way Navarro, Navarro is facing right back at Calvo. He's not in position to receive that ball. If he's expecting that ball to be received, he's he's got that quarter turn. His hips are open where he can accept it and worst case, go along with it. He wasn't expecting that pass. And I don't say, I don't think I blame him. But that's yeah, it. If you, you need to have your body shaped where you can accept a pass at pretty much any time. But he was not accept. He I, I question whether he was even looking. I, but he was definitely not expecting it for sure. Correct. So to be sure, to be sure, you're correct on that. And the only the only thing reason why I wanted to touch on you said like you and I we never go across the back. You there are times you have to go back across the front of your goal and goal. You have to have that tool in your bag because otherwise teams do exactly what NYCFC did here. You trap them and force them into a pass they're not comfortable with. That's why you... Yes, as, TJ, but if you're going to do it, put it in the air at least. Well... Play, okay. Laying a ball off across your own... like In, in the in the way that he did is, is never... Like, I, don't, no, the, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think that was the... There was... At this point, I think it was a panic touch. I don't know where he was going. I think if he could do it again, I think the actual idea was to play it across the field and out of bounds on the other sideline. I don't think it was intended for anybody. I think it was just, he had such a bad trap on it because he wasn't expecting the first one. The second touch reflected that. So, I mean, the number of times the fire have gone back across the front of their own goal, gone across the middle, it works. And it's when it's under control, when it's under pressure and under panic, that's what happens. NYCFC capitalizes, makes it 4-3, end of game, end of season. Yeah, at that point, Miami was up, so the fire were going to need Miami was, two Miami, goals. Let, let's touch on that game for two seconds, and I, and this is all I want to say about that. Congratulations, Miami, for making the playoffs. Great, Good on them. As disappointed as we are as fire fans to watch the two expansions teams make it, how much worse is it to be FC Cincinnati that was brutal on top of it and watching getting beat by an expansion team that was making the playoffs and you're nowhere near it? That's a bad operation there right now. Like that's that. Yeah. Um, which is sad because they were such a good USL club that. Sure. And as much, and I, and I love the wrong side guys and that in Jeremy and um, uh, God, I can't remember. But anyway, the, I'm going to blank on it. So DJ and Jeremy, it's just, I feel for those guys. Cause that team, they're bad. They're not fun to watch. And the, the, the two times the fire played them post MLS is drunk. The first time they slapped the Holy crap out of them. I, again, if you, if you are an insomniac and you want to cure insomnia, go back and watch the fires game at FC Cincinnati. It will put oh. you to sleep. It is one of the worst games as many years as I've been watching soccer, that was one of the worst games I have ever seen. It was not. Exciting. Yeah, it not was the, the midweek games always tend to have a dragging feel to them, um, especially after they restarted the season in August. And it was basically games, you know, they're playing two games two a week. week. Yeah. Uh, um, but that that game in particular, the combination of Cincinnati's defensive shape and the fire's lack of energy, just that was not a fun game. That was, I mean, that, there was, was that was the worst game of the season to watch. And to kind of trans, we're let's wrap up this one, but we're going to come back to this game because we're we're going to talk about which games that the 
missing the playoffs and where the game, which games did we feel were the ones that they didn't make it. So, yeah. Depressing. I guess it would be the, and you did the post game and anybody who needs, who wants to read up on it, it um, it's on hot time in old town. Pat does a great job as he always does. Um, you, you quote, your quotes are, are accurate. How was the mood though? Cause we, uh, you can, oh. there's only so there's only so much you can read into your quote, you know, into your story. No, it, the, they were, they were down. They were down for sure. Um, Barich was uh, one of the, the two players that they brought out. Barich was very um, introspective, like very, very thoughtful tonight. And okay. he, he was um, kind of, you know, he's like, I, I don't know. He's like, we, he's like, I, I feel like we're a good team. He's like, we are definitely one of the top 10 teams in the Eastern conference, even though our record doesn't show it. But he's like, he's like, you know, we're missing something. And he's like, I don't know what it is, but something's just missing. Um, something's not working. And, and Gaston, this, this is actually, and you'll find this in the story. Um, I can't remember who it was me or Jeremy or Brian. One of us asked about the defensive mistakes and, and Rafa said, um, Wiki said that we don't defend as, I think it was me. Uh, he said, we don't defend individually. We defend as a team. Our defending starts with Robert and goes all the way back to, to Shuttleworth. And we, um, we defend as a team and we make mistakes as a team. And Sandalo asked the same question of um, Gaston Jimenez. And he said, no, I don't think it's a defensive system problem at all. I think it's individual errors. Which and was... <laughs> but when you look at it, let, let's walk back through the goal. The first goal, the errors on Secular. I mean, you cannot get beat... The second goal, you could probably pinpoint it on Pineda and Sekulik for getting getting split, and then Sekulik's refusal to to backtrack. A la, you know, I, I think he channeled his inner Calvo there. The third goal, um, I, I, you're, you want to talk about mistakes? That's a complete team break. Like I said, you leave somebody standing alone. There's nobody within four or five yards for seven seconds at the top of the penalty area. It's just that's not individual. That's team. That's a team breakdown in the fourth one. Obviously, Navarro between Navarro and Calvo, they decided to jack that one up completely. And so that's not wrong. It's not a wrong statement. So. I mean, so. So, yeah, frustrating. Is that is that right? What is it? It's it's got to be it's it's one of a few things. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's system. No, from because all, the, from all, the system yeah. when they, when they're playing well, the system obviously is. You can see I, the, po- the the positives in the system. And so then you go, is it is it communication? Because a lot of the time, especially set piece defending, looks like communication. You wonder why Calvo standing where Calvo standing or whatever it may be, um, and you you have to wonder. And, and those are the types of mistakes you would expect at the beginning of a season from a, from a fairly new team that's learning mm-hmm. to get along but by this point no it, those those errors should not be happening if they are in fact communication errors so then third you go is it just effort do they just not care is it just like is it is it do, do we have players that either for whatever reason 
don't want to give the effort or can't concentrate. And there are some players out there like this. I suspect we maybe do have some on this team that are un that they're incapable of concentrating for the full 90 minutes. And if soccer is a very mental game, and if you break your concentration, good players will kill you. And to me, that's probably what it is. Or maybe it's the fourth thing, which is kind of related. They're just not good enough. And that's the last two, Pat. I honestly, I can't necessarily, as, as a, I'm thinking my way through this, I can't decide which one of those, but it is, it's, are they just not good enough or is it the communication and, or they don't care. The communication. Yeah, is, is it effort it, or concentration or communication? Communication. Or do they just not care? I don't think it's the system. No, I, 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 I agree a hundred percent. And we've seen Wiki use, you know, um, with Basel, we've watched it with the youth national teams. Wiki systems works. We know that. We've watched the Fire use his system and beat some really damn good teams. The system works. It's what it, it's again communication. I feel communication's got to be part of it because the number of times that it between Calvo and Pineda, and I got it, you get it. Situation happened, or they were split which shouldn't happen with center backs of any quality. And they both individually have quality. So, you know, that's not, and I think that might've, as I look back on the season today, it wasn't evident, but we've seen it in enough other games. The number of times where you sat there and went, these, these two are quality center backs. What the hell can they not figure it out yet? Or are they just not good? Are they just not good enough? Now, if you want to break down the back four, Calvo plays for the Costa Rican national team. He's good enough. He should be good enough. Pineda, I get it. He's still a rookie. He makes rookie mistakes. He's got some quality. He's good enough. Navarro and Sekulik, that's yikes. I think that you ideally would want a situation where on the left, Navarro would be... If, if they were splitting time 50-50 this season, maybe it's 75-25. Navarro gets 75% of the starts next year, and Johnny B gets 25%. But honestly, tell me, when Navarro came into the game and Johnny B went out, did you feel better about the Fire's chances? Does Bornstein make that terrible pass? Johnny B does not make that terrible pass. No, he does not. However, if you were going to sit there and tell me Johnny B was good today, I would laugh at you. Johnny B's had better games. I, I, and again, like you, I adore Johnny B. I really, really do. I did not think he was good today. I don't know why. And maybe it was just because the back line, because the way the game broke down. And I will, th- I, Johnny B is such a veteran and he's such a professional. I will give him this excuse is that he would, of, of everybody, would suffer from this game got, became wide open. That does not play to Johnny B's strengths. It doesn't. Once they went down one, he, the game opened up. They're forced into a lot. Like I said, the game opened up, became crazy early on. That doesn't play to his strength. So I, I think he struggled today as a whole. I think the back line, the back, the back line today as a whole. This was their worst game, and it wasn't even close. Maybe San Jose, you could argue, but this was not. They were decimated. They were San destroyed. Jose was a, a one-off game, and the, and then the the goals they gave up against, um, 
Vancouver were those two quick hitters where they just got split with a through ball. Sure. Yeah, yeah. tonight was the worst defensive game of the year for sure for me. Um, and, and, and as much as, as much as I'm going to bag on the back four, Madron again. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know to, who to attribute to this to on Twitter, and I apologize for that. But somebody said this is Madron picked the worst time to have his worst game of the season. He wasn't. He was bad. He wasn't tonight. particularly involved. No, it didn't feel like. And no. the, the account that I referenced earlier in the program uh, seemed upset that the defense was chucking balls over the top to the forwards and leaving out Madron. Um, yeah, there's that. So, so um, it, yeah, it's, it, he, I mean, there is this thing and I, I say this, I, I've said this going back to when we did us fan TV, but we always tend to look at a game through the lens of our team. And the thing to remember is sometimes the other team is just better than your team and exposes your weaknesses and makes you look bad because your team just isn't good enough. And so we sit here and go, how could these guys make this, these mistakes? Well, because NYCFC is better. That's why they didn't make these mistakes against Cincinnati. So, so when, when we look back at this though, let's, let's go back a little bit in time. When we go back to the NYCFC game in, in Harrison we we bagged on Connor Sparrow because he was terrible that night as well. Is it just that NYCFC, whatever it is, they figured out the fire and expo- knew how to expose their weaknesses? Or or maybe as, uh, tonight it seemed like that's exactly what happened. They knew where the fire were bad and took advantage of it. Yeah, I mean, no team this season scored more goals against them than, than uh, NYCFC at seven, so... Yeah, yeah, they're they're. And this was the team we were supposed to play in in MLS is back too, so maybe we should be thankful that we didn't. But yeah, it, it, they're a good team, and 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 they definitely had the fires number this year. That's for sure. And maybe and, it was just maybe it was a, a coaching thing, or maybe it was just they match up well, or maybe they're just better. Some, I, I, I'm going to say I think it's. A little bit, they match up well, and they're just better. I think those—that's yeah. probably a fair assessment for it. So, the season ends. The fire end at five wins, ten losses, eight eight draws, negative six goals against. Um, they were good at home, four wins, two, negative two losses. six goals against is pretty amazing for a team that had five wins and ten losses. Considering Montreal and Inter Miami are minus ten. Yeah. They, although, like although six goals, it's pretty amazing to me. Right. Um, they were 4-2-3 and three at home, four wins, two losses, three draws at home. So they were good at home. On the road, the fire were the fire. I mean... Yeah, they did not win a game all year. And were they the only team? Was the Columbus, no, Columbus game today not, on the road? It, it had to be because they are 0-5-5 five five on the road. Yeah, okay. So, yes, the Columbus has also not won a game all year on the road. But they were very, 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 very good at home, so... Sure. And so the season ends. Um, and I, I, like I said, we're going to, with the minivan dab, we're going to try to do a pod this week. If, if everything matches up, we're going to, we're going to go through the season in more in depth, but I do want to start 
touching on a couple of things. Um, first, my first question, we will ask this again on Wednesday when you get a little more time to reflect on it. Glass half empty or gla- glass half full? How do you feel this season? It's tough because if you would have asked me a month ago, I probably would have told you glass half full. Um, obviously, I was I was high on them and what they were trying to do mm-hmm. this year. I do think long term, a, a quality involved owner um, who's interested in spending money, a uh, you know a, a, a sporting staff that seems to know what they're doing, a, a head coach who I guess it's yet to be seen, but I, I like him for sure. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, of positives and a lot of good that came from this. And I I feel like they were never going to be great this year. Anyway, this was, this was the the stepping stone year, but the step they needed to take was at least making the playoffs and they didn't. So, um, it doesn't, you know, not making the playoffs or missing the playoffs doesn't really affect, like if they had got in and then lost, does that really affect it's a small thing, right? Like it's it's a symbolic thing more than anything. Well, it, you know, a, it's it's funny. Is um, I and I, again, I'm not. I apologize to whoever I on Twitter. I, I'm not going to attribute this to because I'm not going to look it up at this point. But it was like, oh, they're. It doesn't even matter if they make the playoffs. They're going to get smoked in the first round, anyway, which is probably a hundred percent true. However, getting in, it's the it's. Hey, this is a playoff team. As bad as things were, as many points as they left on the table. They still got in, and part of it is, hey, MLS is dr- you know between MLS is drunk and the fact this is a COVID year, and this is there's a lot of things you really can't conclusions you can't they, draw because of it. They still would have been played in. Nashville in Nashville, which they can beat Nashville in Nashville. That's I think. a winnable game. Sure. So now they would have been without Gaston, probably possibly. Calvo, an no. international dude. Calvo, um, so, is, Calvo is well. Yeah, Calvo is going with Costa Rica. And uh, Navarro is going with Venezuela. And Azira is going with Uganda. So, okay. yeah, they would have had, um, this is all moot now, but yeah, they would have had four guys leave on international duty tomorrow. And hmm. um, then there's the nine-day quarantine when they get back, So, which MLS is considering shortening to a five-day quarantine from what I'm told. Um, I don't think that's been worked out yet, but what that means is that the people coming back would have definitely had to miss the nine or five, probably would have had to miss the Friday game unless they only played one game for their national team and then came back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Costa Rica is playing like Basque country or something like that. Um, the Basque, <laughs> the Basque hey, national team. Just, just keep talking and I'll look it up for you. <laughs> and uh, so if they had shortened it to a five, then potentially if the fire had won today and then won against Nashville, um, they would have uh, been able to play on the Tuesday against Philly or whoever they ended up with then next. So um, they play Friday Costa Rica, just for reference, they play Friday. It's not Basque country. It's Qatar, which really I, it's not much. Different. No, the other games against Basque country. Look it up. I'm I'm looking at and they only show they only show Qatar right now. I so swear let, they have a friendly. Let me. I'm looking. I'm it's looking. not a FIFA sanctioned friendly because it's not a real international. Well, that would exp- but. that would explain why it's probably not showing up. But I'll, I will look this up. So, um, keep going. Frust. Yeah. 
why he would go to the I, I don't get it but okay um that's a good question so so let me ask you this pat we're gonna we're gonna kind of wind down the show this way and then we'll see where the week takes us but they left a lot of points on the table which game of all of them which one is the one uh, uh, we'll say, we, we can even say more than one if you need to but which is the one that you sat there when you walked out and which is the one that was the most you left the points on the table game of all of them Ooh. the Minnesota game Okay. Any specific any specific reason why or they were two goals up and felt like they shut down. Okay. Costa Rica will play a friendly against Basque Country. I on I, November sixteenth. Okay. <laughs> I I'm I'm looking and I still can't find that game. Because it's not you have to like it it doesn't show up in like the Google search or anything because it's it's not a real game. So uh, obviously it's not. It's that they have to All right. <laughs> like the the Basque like isn't this like when when Catalonia plays like they they have when these regions of of Spain yeah. play the guys who are on normal national teams like Spain, if you're from that region, then you go play. You can you can go play, but it's not a FIFA sanctioned okay. international okay. game. It's not even like a friendly as far as FIFA is concerned. So you can play on this team because it's not like you're not playing for two different national teams. Sort of like if I don't know if Wisconsin had a national team and you played on it. I. Yeah, I guess. Would you play for <laughs> who? Would you represent? You could represent a lot of teams. I, lot of I, I, I really don't know, and and whichever team that um, you would actually I, probably have to go play for Wisconsin because their real team would all have COVID. There's that, but any team I represent, you know, is just going down in the shitter really quickly. So um, there, um, I'm I'm trying to find. You are the guy who makes diving saves against children, though. So I feel like. There's, there's that, yeah, I, yeah, it's kind of depressing, but so, so you think of all of them, you, you're gonna, you point at the Minnesota game though, kind of get it back on task. Yep. What if I went back and said, and we talked about this before we started recording tonight, was um, that game against Vancouver and MLS is drunk. Uh, that was the game where they had 26 shots and Vancouver had four, but they lost two nothing. Um, there was the lightning storm in the middle and then they came back and they were crazy flat. The fire were after the lightning storm. Vancouver scored two quick ones. Yeah. That was the game where we were all sure they were going through. And, well, and Vancouver like, was, they I could think go through Van- with like Vancouver's... a win or a draw or get, a two one. Remember CJ had the handball goal that yep. if he had scored it, that, that would have put them through. Like they had so many scenarios to get through that. Um, they really had to work to not go through. I mean, yes, you could point to that game, and I can't remember if I've said this on this show or if I've said this to you before the show, but you could point to that game as one that held them out of both MLS's backs knockout round and the 2020 playoffs. They, it was, that game, they're in both. 
But so, that game, yes, that, that, that was game a pathetic game that that they should not against a fifteenth string keeper that they should not have lost. And it, it, realistically, when you when you're looking back at it, you you would like to say that FC Cincinnati game in Cincinnati, but that game was so bad all the way around. I can't sit there and say that's a game they should have won because they weren't better that night. They weren't worse. It was just that game was just brutal in every sense of the word. That what about the Nashville game? In Nashville, that's one. That's another one. And then the, my third, my other one would be that Columbus game in Chicago. Yeah, that was just unlucky. I feel like the Columbus game was just unlucky. That, I really did feel like the, the the ball skipped off the back of Zardis's legs and fall fell forward into his path. Um, the Nashville game. But the, the the Columbus game, they were better for large stretches of that night. Yes. But then Columbus is – like I, I didn't Columbus feel as bad good. Columbus game because Columbus is good. And um, and it felt like the fire just – there was an unlucky bounce. And because the other goal bounced off Zardis' face and he got the face assist. Sure. Like – it's just it it just felt very Zardisy and very um, sure it absolutely did. I, I didn't feel as bad about that one, um, but yeah, Minnesota was like the way the fire this and this to go back to your your question of, of optimistic or not you got you know and everybody knows who who reads me or listens to me that I'm a pretty positive and optimistic guy when it comes to this stuff, but the way they ended the year with you know winless in their last six. They had two cracks at getting a win this week and couldn't get one in either game. Um, they were leading against Minnesota and blew it. They got the draw. The, the point in Nashville, I don't feel as bad about. Um, except, except for after they went after they went down one nothing. They had chance after chance after chance against Nashville that they couldn't yeah. finish. They couldn't. What, they weren't getting good looks. Like their actual number of shots was low compared to the amount of time they had the ball in, in Nashville's final third. So um, it, it was. So, and, and I was, you know, like I had about 15 Snickers and for that game. And then the, the kids were just very, very loud. And so I, that's not one where I was concentrating as much as sure. I should. Um, but yeah, I don't think that that's as bad of a, I, I felt like that was an okay road point. Not Minnesota. Minnesota should have been a win. Um, yeah, but so I, I let mean, me let me throw one more. Let me throw one more game at you. Okay. That I, I I mentioned on Twitter and of games when you look back on it, games that you're like, this just was bad. The, the game they lost to New England at home. Yeah, that was bad. That was two one. Is that right? Was that two score one that final? Came? Correct. And I, I want to say it was a late. I want to say it was a late. It was a late goal that cost him. Was the Teal Bunbury break? Not, yes, that sounds right. But let me see if I can go back to it. Um, the, yeah. That game. That game. I remember when it happened. It stuck. It. I'm like going. This one's going to sting. At some point, and at the and to this day, it's one of those that when we're talking about the season, that one still just kind of. Ugh. 
So that one always that one always sat with me. And then, like I said, the MLS is drunk. The loss to Vancouver, um, like when Vancouver brought found a guy in the parking lot and said, "Hey, can you play goalie for us today?" Sure, I'll play goalie for you today. And they still beat the Fire two 0 Yeah, they brought in as their backup keeper Montreal's goalkeeper on a one day loan because the um, pool goalkeeper thing got so jacked up that. Because of the international rules, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it, it was the times, I think, you know, that's the thing that's kind of disappointing, very disappointing, actually. It's, it's not it's not the, the ones that, you know, they snuck a few and they, they had some good performances, but it was the when-it-came-down-to-it games. They crapped the bed. The San Jose and then Vancouver or the... Minnesota and then NYCFC. They didn't get it done. And I, I was honestly, I, I, you know, got to my seat at the press box today. And I'm thinking they're not going to win this. And I, I would have loved to have been proven wrong because I, I do have this kind of thing where I'm, yeah, I'm a journalist. I cover the team, but I was a fan of the team long before I covered them. So I'm still, I still look at it through that lens. Mm-hmm. I still want them to win. Um, I want them to succeed, and I just didn't feel like they were going to today. And and I didn't expect three first half goals, two of them from Frankowski, but um, wasn't good enough. So, yeah, it, it wasn't, to, and today wasn't. And as you said, based on what you're reporting out of the locker room, they know it too. Um, frustrating end of the season, but so. 4-3 loss, they're done. What do you think? You think some point this week we should try and get together and we'll do a postmortem. We'll give we'll give some player grades and do some MVP type stuff. I, I feel like that's that's my plan to do this week. Um, if I can, Pat, if we can find some time, you think we can do it, get that done? Maybe we can get a guest or two involved as well. I doubt it. I doubt it. I wouldn't. I won't. I don't want to do that for you. Yeah, you never do. Thanks, Pat. Maybe Appreciate we'll it. see. We'll, we'll see, see if we can make it work. We'll see if we can make it work. Yeah. Um, if nothing else, at least I think we could. Be, I could bother you, and I, we could probably drag the corpse of Chris Combs out and do a U.S. national team recap post game show. Do you know what he wants to do? And Chris has this issue where every six months or go or so he goes, "We should get U.S. fan TV back together." I'm like, "Yes, but recall, we still don't have we- the techno. We're technologically We need to stupid. get it on the air." Is the and when Hangouts on Air went away, I couldn't successfully get Zoom or Skype or any other service to inject into our YouTube account. And I know it's possible because we're, we're like Zoom actually stupid. has a function where you can stream to YouTube. Sure. So if Alex wants to set it up for us, I'm just saying, yeah, he's not going to do his homework anyway. So no, um, and, I would. And his parents, I think he's got his own hashtag for that now, by the way. Did you see that his um, meme he made? Well, he has this like meme account on Instagram that has way more followers than followers than all of us combined. But <laughs> this meme, and I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Like, he, you know how I, I scroll the TikTok. He sometimes pops up in the TikTok, like on the For You page. Like, he's, he's a big deal. But he made this meme of explaining the presidential uh, vote tally through Landon Donovan's goal against Algeria. 
that went viral. Like Rob Stone retweeted it, and I think Stu Holden did, and it it went. Uh, it was it was Alex. It was an Alex original. It was an Alex original, yeah. I, I do remember seeing it, and I kind of laughed it up. It was very funny. I liked it, and I will retweet it at Mini Van Dad just for those who are still hanging on at this point. Well, the I, ironic thing is that only Alex is listening at this point, so you would be retweeting it. No I, one I is think, left I think in the show except him. Probably his dad. Probably. But yeah, um, that said, we, we will retweet it and we'll we'll put it up there. But yeah, the, I saw it and I'm, I, it was great. And then you're right; it kept coming back. I'm going. Wait, this is Alex's. But at that point, it had lost the being attributed to Alex. So, Alex, assuming you're still listening, yeah, we saw it. We thought it was awesome. We knew. We knew it was yours. We knew it was yours, and we're pro- because we're we consider you one of our. Yeah, we're we're very proud of you, Alex. And oh, by the way, Alex, do your homework. So, on that note, four three season's over. We'll try and get a minivan. We'll try and do a recap uh, post mortem. For the fire sometime this week. I think we can drag out the corpse of Chris Combs and do a U.S. national team recap. This could be a busy week for Mini Van Dad. Holy crap. We found at Mini Van Dad Pod. Patrick's, Pat's at Patrick McCraney. I'm at TJ Zaremba. Um, Pat, what's your final thoughts tonight? Uh kind of a disappointing end to a season that that had a lot of promising moments to it for sure um next year uh the fire will be back hopefully by then we'll have the pandemic under control and and fans can be there because i'll tell you this as the the most disappointing thing today was probably not the result for me it was getting out of the car and being at the waldron deck and it being 70 degrees and the lake was there and the breeze was blowing and it's like People should be here playing music, kicking a ball, grilling, drinking beers, getting ready to go in. Like that place should have been with a playoff spot on the line. That place should have been full. Yeah. And nobody got to go. And I feel pretty lucky that I did, even though they lost. But we had like a whole year, a whole sports year kind of stolen from us by the by the virus and the poor handling of it. So hopefully we can get things under control now. And, and I think MLS is going to be a little delayed in its start next year um and uh you know maybe april or so and hopefully um by then things will be back to normal they will have signed a few more players and um we can hopefully for once have a a good team to cheer for so that's my final thought okay and my final thought are twofold one is because the fire missed the playoffs, I guess for those who hate the badge, I feel like that's your punishment. They get the badge again next year. So there's that. And for me, um, this postgame show kind of evolved in the middle of the year. Uh, Pat, I can't thank you enough for jumping in. Brian Brian Battle, who he might be the other one still listening. So Battle, if you're still listening, thanks for jumping in when Pat was unavailable. Um, the nights we missed, I apologize. Sometimes life gets in the way and there's that part. But Everybody who's hung out and kind of stayed with us through these post-game shows, thank you very much. I do appreciate it. Um, I got, I have some plans for the show going forward. Hopefully they'll be positive and we can make them happen, and we'll go from there. But 4-3, season's over. And on that note, to quote the great Chris Combs, uh, I wouldn't say great, but Chris Combs, you're done. We'll give you
no.